Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Got a kind of a special episode for you this morning. We sat down with Chuck Drudes uh, from up in Michigan. Chuck had a very interesting experience eating some uh, some meat from a deer he shot up in Michigan, and I think your guys are really gonna find it uh, fascinating and something you probably want to pay attention to as a deer hunter. Before we start the episode, I've got to talk about some of the things my partners have going on. You're tired of spending money on trail cameras you use as tools only to find out they're built like freaking toys? Or you've struggled with unreliable, not-so-dependable cameras or experienced customer service that flat-out disappointed you? I've been there. Those problems literally birthed Exodus eight years ago when they shipped their first camera. Exodus had a clear desire to not only build elite products that enabled you to set it and forget it all season long, but also to back them like no other company was willing to, with an unmatched level of customer service and support. See for yourself why Exodus has over 15,000 satisfied customers. They've quickly become known for their five-year no BS warranty, quality cameras, and best-in-class customer service. You heard that right. Exodus believes in their products so much, every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty that includes theft and accidental damage coverage. Each camera is checked for quality control standards before it leaves their warehouse. If they wouldn't use it, you don't get it. Exodus is so confident you'll love your new Exodus camera. They're offering you, the listener of this show, 15% off your next order today. Just use code BTE. If you don't love it, get your money refunded in the first 30 days and just send her back. Exodus really has two excellent cell cam options for uh, all budgets, and they start at just $179. Plus, you're 15% off there if you use the code BTE. They have competitive data plans that allows you to purchase uh, a plan and use the data as you see fit. They want you to be in control. There's no annual commitment and no limit on how many cameras you can run on one plan. You can share cameras with friends, no charge, which makes the Exodus lineup a great option for hunting clubs and leases. There are no additional fees for HD photo requests. That's pretty nice. No additional fees for video uploads. And all cameras share data on a single data plan for easy management. See for yourself why so many have made the switch to Exodus and experienced Exodus difference. Use code BTE to get 15% off your next order today. Now let's talk about Osseo gear. It's a great option for whitetail hunters. They develop a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. Plus, you got a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo, which is pretty nice. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand. So visit asiogear.com get you some premium hunting clothing. Also, I want to talk about Hunting Beast Gear, makers of the Beast Stand and Beast Sticks. In my opinion, the best option for a mobile hunter that's looking to pound the public land or just hop around on your private land. I don't hardly worry about permanent stands anymore on the a uh, few pieces of private I do have. I just use that beast stand and sticks, and I got so good with putting it up, uh, taking it up and down. I really feel comfortable using it in any scenario whatsoever. If you haven't had the experience of getting your hands on a beast stand and trying it out for yourself, 
go to beastgear.com, get your pre-order in for the stand, order you some sticks, and become more deadly this deer season. Speaking of deadly, got to talk to you about Stealth Outdoors, makers of Stealth Strips, which is a great addition to any beast stand that you're going to buy. Beast Sticks, it's a great addition for all kinds of stuff. I just put some on my bow the other day. Stealth Strips really are a, a product that any hunter, whether you're a weekend warrior or a guy that hunts almost every day, really needs to take advantage of. Stuff absolutely deadens your, your gear uh, to make it essentially uh, noise-free. If you haven't checked out Stealth Strips yet, stop buying all the other crappy alternatives like the hockey tape and any other stuff you're trying to use to silence your gear. Get the good stuff. Get Stealth Strips. Visit stealthoutdoors.com pick you up some stealth strips all my partners are linked in the description below go check them out hey everybody hey everybody hope everybody's doing good how's Dan doing awesome glad, <laughs> glad to be in Wisconsin back from that pit hole state of Michigan <laughs> Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Everybody in the show, but outside of those walls was something else. Oh man, we had a rough go at it in Michigan. In the, at least Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah, I'm sure all, all, every place else was nice. Up there in the middle of the woods was fine. Up there, um, where we were at earlier in the or late last year. I did escape because uh, I, you know, I didn't like people robbing gas stations in front of me and. Uh, the hotel having hookers hanging out in the lobby yeah. so i did uh escape and went scouting a little bit and i did a good video on that i, I kind of wanted to s- experience that southern michigan and uh see how hard it is mm-hmm. you know see if i could get onto a big buck right away i mean i judge it by if there's big buck sign there's big bucks you know yeah and i went and me eric and uh, uh jacob went out and had a pretty cool scout i'm gonna put a video up that's going to also include some of our troubles at the hotel that'll have and in the town that'll have people laughing a little. Yeah. I don't know what all you included in the video, not what all you uh, filmed. So we'll leave it at I that. They got a lot of F bombs. and Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I can't, I can't, I can't show any video of me uh, talking to the person nicely who sold my rooms on me and left us roomless in the middle of the night because, uh, yeah. There's too many f bombs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that was frustrating. I knew you were going to be mad because I got there first. I got to the rooms first, and they're like, "We don't, we sold them. We don't have any more." And then I was like, "Oh crap!" I prepaid a month in advance. Yeah, I know, I know that happened to us on our uh, vacation we went on this summer to South Carolina. We we booked them the week before going down there, and we got down to the hotel, and they're like, "Sorry, we we sold them." I'm like, yeah, you sold them to me first right but nonetheless it was very frustrating the 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 good part is we did get a, a room right away whereas we had to drive like two more hours to get in i don't room. know you weren't in my room so i don't know if it was good. yeah i guess yeah true it was good for me and maddie yeah. <laughs> good enough at least there were stains only on the floor we'll just put that wait, in our room wait till you see the video of my room <laughs> i had to i had to wear three condoms just to sleep in that bed <laughs> 
I saw pictures. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the uh, video, but it was bad. I got a cool shirt. Look at this shirt. All of us, uh, bow hunter. Remember mm. the old, the old duck hunter Nintendo game? Did your kids ever play that? Mm, I kind of remember it now. Anyways, if you were a '90s kid, you'd uh, you'd be real excited about this shirt, Dan. Mm. But uh, anyway. No, it was a it was a really good show. That was uh it was fun. We saw a lot of people that were like our even members were there. I know uh Lewis L was there. Um I'm gonna forget a bunch of people, but I'm not gonna start naming them. But there was a lot of people that um came by and said hi and they were familiar uh names and I got a yeah, face to them. The, when we did the show and um invited Mario to join us, um man, we had that place was packed all around us. It was a big oh. crowd do the show it was awesome I mean, all it was, the chairs in a standing room only in the back say, that, and there was probably more people standing than sitting i don't know how many chairs they had but um and there was a bunch of a bunch of uh people standing and it was awesome the whole freaking crowd was there joe miles that was over at osseo and he's he like said he's like what's like all at once at 11 30 when we started he's like it was just dead. Like there was nobody in the whole freaking building. And he's like, what the heck's going on here? Where, where'd everybody go? And then he like went around the corner and everybody was just standing around us. So it was yeah, cool. It was nice. Yeah. We got into, yeah. In the evening there, we got with a good group of guys and talked for a while too. met uh, some people that I knew, but didn't know, didn't know personally. So like Johnny Stewart and Garrett Prawl and, um, and of course Lou was there and, uh, Rendell, Eric, hang hung out one night. That was a kind of a fun night. You guys, Eric, everybody, mm-hmm. Jacob. Oh, anyway. Um, anything else we need to talk about before we talk about our topic? We don't want to hold uh, our guest up very long. No, we can get into it. Yeah, let's do it. We we can chit chat afterwards, so we can let Chuck go. But we got a very interesting topic tonight that i think you guys are going to be really this, our guest is a member of the beast forum yeah so he follows all of our stuff and uh he sent me a pm on uh, on our website yep um before we get him on let's give everybody like it's essentially it sounds like chuck who's our guest um he, he was having issues uh some some issues with his eyesight and some some other issues and the doctors could not figure it out and he overheard a meat eater podcast and they were talking about this disease that raw meat can give you if you eat it raw or, or you know, you somehow get it in your mouth oh, raw venison. Yeah. Raw venison. Sorry. Yeah. Not just meat venison. And uh, on the meat eater podcast, I guess they, they mentioned that, that this happened to a guy and he became blind. Well, Chuck was becoming blind and he took this to his doctor and they found out this is what he had, but that's all we're going to tell you because it's it's going to come. Yeah, let me explain it once. Yeah. You know, it's very yeah. intriguing to me, for sure. Super interesting. Um, all right, can you hear? <laughs> hey, us, Chuck? Chuck. Hey guys, <laughs> how's it going? It's going, man. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, yeah, you just want me to get into it, or yeah. So, before we get into it, uh, how's your how's your vision now? Are you doing okay? Um, yeah, so, um, so I'm not completely blind in my right eye, only my central vision is gone. So, um, so I have peripheral view, but like if I close my eye and I look you 
right in the face, half your face is gone. So I can't look in a, a scope. I can't, I, anything I directly look at with this eye, um, it, there's just a big circle about this big of, of just gray nothing. Um, and uh, that's, uh, I think that's uh, permanent damage. I don't think it can be repaired. Uh, but uh, I guess I can get into w all sure. that, uh, you yeah. know, with the story. But um, uh, so basically, um, I woke up on January 12th and uh, I took a sip of coffee. And, you know, when you take a sip of coffee, my, my coffee mug blocked my left eye. And uh, I realized that I couldn't see. And I was like alarmed. I was like, what is going on? Like, I've never worn glasses. I have like pilot vision, like 2015 vision. So I was I was very concerned. So I ended up going to the ophthalmologist and uh, he, uh, he he saw some like, you know, some kind of uh, uh, inflammatory something like, you know, behind my retina. So he uh, he sent me uh, to the Eye Institute at Freighter, which is like one of the top places in the country for eyes. And uh, I was uh, diagnosed with CNV, which is abnormal veins uh, behind your retina that uh, excrete blood and scar your retina but in uh, reality those were parasites they they weren't uh Behind it wasn't what they thought it was so i was getting cow. shots in my eyes every six weeks of avastin which is like a uh like a drug they give to cancer patients um in my eyeball which is as awful as it sounds getting shots in your eye yeah. um every six weeks so um so i was just uh you know i now to rewind back to uh, deer hunting this year on November 12th, uh, right before gun opener in upper Michigan, I got a place in upper Michigan and I do a lot hunting up there. I, I shot a, a decent eight pointer uh, on some public land right by my place and uh, did what I always do. You, you shoot a deer, gut it, pull out the, the inner tenderloins. And uh, when we got back to camp, me and my buddy threw them in a pan with some butter and cooked them and ate them. Um, it wasn't raw. It doesn't have to be raw. It, it was medium, medium rare. And, uh, we were fine. And then, uh, about six days later, my buddy got really sick at camp. Um, and, uh, he was like, man, he's like, Oh, I feel awful. You know, like I got no energy, uh, whatever. And like, I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. So then I went home and then like a, a day later it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, I had 104 fever for 10 days straight. I couldn't, like, I was freezing cold. Um, I, 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 the fatigue was unbelievable. I thought maybe I got, you know, the, that one disease that everyone's been talking about, you know, uh, and I figured, uh, that's what it was, you know? And, uh, so I, I went to the ER finally and they told me I had the flu and just sent me home, um, mm. Right then and there, if, if they would have figured it out, I probably wouldn't have gone blind. So fast forward to January. So uh, I was sick. I was super, super sick. I felt like like I got hit by a truck for about a month. I, I literally, um, I had no energy, terrible body aches too. It was terrible body aches, super sore joints, kind of like Lyme's disease too, you know. Um, so uh, so uh, fast forward to January 12th. Um, that's, that's when I realized, um, I couldn't see out of my shooting eye. So 
Okay, so then we'll pick up where I left off. I went to the ophthalmologist. He said, yeah, you've got some irritation in your molecula, which is the magic juice behind your retina that sends the imagery to your brain of what your eye sees. And uh, basically what happened um, is uh, we got toxoplasmosis, which is a, a parasite that lives in uh, deer. Uh, It's most commonly associated with cats. That's why they tell pregnant women not to do the cat box when they're pregnant or whatever. Um, So, yeah. So anyway, so ended up having this parasite. And what happened was, is um, they, they form in clusters once they infect your body. When I had that fever, it was infecting my body. And that's why I had that fever. My body was trying to fight it off, I guess. Um, so, uh, so what it does is it attaches in vascular parts of your body and your eyeballs are super vascular and they like that. So they'll attach these clusters in your eyeballs, in your lungs, in your heart, in your brain, maybe even. So, um, uh, I'm kind of all over the place with this, but I just figured this out. Um, I, I was I was uh, doing some Google searches trying to figure out how to transition from shooting right-handed to left-handed with the bow because I just got uh, my bow, uh, a left-handed bow now, because I can't see out of my right eye. Uh, so um, <clears throat> I was doing some Google searches, and I came across that meat eater. Um, it wasn't a podcast. It was an actual uh, article. Oh, article, yeah, yeah. sorry. And uh, I don't know if you guys attached it, but um, I read it and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm like, you could change this guy's name and just put my name. And this is exactly what happened to me. So I'd been going to the doctor, you know, every six weeks, the specialist. And, you know, I was diagnosed with the CNV or whatever the heck it was. And uh, I, I immediately sent him the article because um, I had I had a shot the next day. Um, so. I got into his office. I, uh, I, I said, hey, as soon as he walked in the door, I said, hey, did you get that article I sent you? And he said, he said, yeah. He's like, I did. He's like, uh, I got a good chuckle out of it. The guy laughed at me. He thought, I, oh, my he, gosh, he laughed at me. Hmm. And uh, then he gave me a five minute lecture why I didn't have toxoplasmosis, um, a toxoplasmosis infection, because um because he was describing the one that was like the first one in that article where it was like, you know, like a, a weird boogery thing and like a really irritated eye. Like I never had any pain. I never had any irritation like that. I felt like I just literally woke up blind. Um, so anyways, he gave me like a five minute lecture of why I didn't have it. And then after that, um, I told him I'm not going to get a shot today. And I want to be uh, I want to be uh, uh transferred over to the infectious disease department. And he straight up told me, no, there was no basis for that. So then um, my wife was with me and she's actually a, a nurse um, at said hospital. And uh, she said, well, let's do this. Let's do, let's do a toxo blood screen and let's do a Lyme's blood screen just to, just to rule it out. And he unwillingly was like, all right, fine, whatever, you know? So I went and gave the blood and that was on a Tuesday. That was not this last Tuesday, Tuesday before. And Friday I was up at my camp up in the UP and I got a, I got a voicemail from him and he was like, Oh, you know, I, I got your test results back. And shockingly you're correct. And I was like, Oh, okay. So 
yeah, so now I know what's wrong with me and I know what happened. Um, but my, my toxo levels were 69. And in order for you to be positive, you just have to be above seven. So that tells me I have a, a pretty uh, good amount of toxo infection going on me right now or, or did. You know, I, I don't know exactly what my status will be until I go to the infectious disease and, and they, they get into it a little more. But uh, so what, are they, what are they doing as of now to stop this or to? to... You know, they, uh, the, the ophthalmologist gave me an antibiotic called Bactrim. Um, that's, that's what I just got, like, you know, like last week, finally. Um, and he said I might have to take it for years. And, uh, I, I mean, I don't know if that, you know, taking antibiotics long term is, you know, it destroys a lot of good stuff in your body, too. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little, I don't know. I have so many questions that are unanswered that I, that I would like to, you know, talk to the infectious disease people to find out with. But, um I guess I guess the message that I wanted to tell everybody, um, besides my medical stuff, that was uh, you got to be your own advocate. Uh, don't just take people's word for what's wrong with you. you keep digging yep. because because I I was I told them I told every person that I went I went to the ER. I told them I got really sick after deer camp, and they didn't put two and two together. I told I told this doctor, hey, I was really sick when I got home from deer hunting. It's just in one ear out the other because they think they know everything, and uh, it's kind of sad. But uh, I'm glad I know what's wrong with me now. Um, kind of sucks, but uh, I, I think it's it's permanent loss. But I'm not going to let it stop me. I'm going to learn to do things left-handed, and uh, I'll just uh, suck for a while, I guess. <laughs> but, so did, uh, uh, what happened go, to your friend? I was going to uh, say that. My friend? Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't lose his eyesight, but he got really sick. And as soon as I found that out, I, I told him, I said, hey, you need to go to the doctor and get a test. And he actually just got his test results back today. And he was, uh, his, his test results came back at 47. So it's confirmed so that's what it was. And that's, it was our exposure to that buck. So, so now he's uh, going to worry a little too, right? Uh, I guess. Um, so the thing about it is, is uh, as crazy as this sounds, Dan, like you might even have toxoplasmosis in you from all the exposure you've had from all the different animals. It lays dormant in you until, until your body is like at a weakened point. And, uh, Actually, what what happened to me and when I went blind is I have a four year old son and uh, I had a pretty rough go after getting the parasite. Like I was super sick, felt crappy. And then my son brought home hand, foot and mouth from uh, from daycare and I got it and I literally went blind the next day. Uh -oh. So that's 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 what happened, because like my, my immune it. system was in a uh, compromised uh, position at that point. So. But uh, what I found very interesting about the article is you don't have to eat raw meat. Um, my buddy got sick before me, and I think it's because he gutted that deer for me. Um, he got sick two, 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 three days before I did, and that he had first exposure to it. You know, um, yeah. he didn't go blind per se, but I mean, it's not to say he couldn't because there was another gentleman in that article, uh, the brother of the guy, the Ben Onstad or Dan Onstad or whatever his name was, that had the exact same, pretty much the exact same course as I did to go in blind. It says his brother went blind 10 years later and he never got sick, but he ate the Holy same cow. So um, I can't believe uh, from the stats that are in there, you know, that they, they, they checked deer and it was anywhere from 15 to 76 percent of, of their samples tested positive for this toxoplasmosis or T. Gandhi. 
80% of all black bears that they tested did. And there were guys in there too that they didn't even eat anything. They were just helping their buddies clean the animals and probably just didn't wash their hands and touch their face or mm. however, however that, you know, parasites can be spread. So um, I think it's, uh, I mean, you never, you never know when something like this could happen. You never think it would happen to you, <sighs> but uh, I think everyone should take a, a long, hard look in how they're doing things. And uh uh, and, and be careful. You know? That's what I, w- I was going to ask you, Chuck. Like, is there anything they have told you to like do to make sure that this doesn't happen or you don't get it transferred to you uh, from um, the animal? From, I mean, m- most of my information is from that article. You should actually probably post it on this. This yeah, uh, it, it's it's down so below. People can look at it on the media or thing. Yep. Uh, don't do not eat any fresh venison off your kill do not eat anything fresh off it make sure you freeze it for at least 10 days first because that'll kill any parasites that are in it um this is crazy because that is what i do when i kill a deer i take out the inner tenderloins and i eat them immediately i've always done this you know it's i mean and 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 how many other people have always done this that's like the best bit of your deer how many times have you seen steve ranello on a episode of meat eater eat something like off the raw. you know <laughs> raw almost you know yeah and he cuban actually the uh tenderloins <laughs> with salt i think that's what he was in the original guy yeah probably. yeah the, the the first person in the in the in that story yeah th- that's what they did they they cubed it up ate it raw with salt and pepper and they've been doing it for what 40 years until something happened i mean but i think back when i was a kid my dad used to always serve us uh raw beef with uh, salt and pepper. Yeah. So, I mean, as, as crazy as this story is and as unlikely as it is to happen, it can happen and it does happen. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's thousands of hunters out there that this has happened to, and they were just told something else made them go blind and they had no idea. You know, I mean, I'm thinking about a guy right now. I know there's a, a real avid hunter, a professional hunter who went blind. Really? Doesn't I friend of mine, I'm going to have a call with him after this. I think you should. And like, honestly, I I think everybody who hunts a lot and whatever, Hey, next time you, next time you go to the doctor and they pull labs, tell me you want to do a toxoplasmosis uh, blood test. So at least, you know, is there something they can like do real quick to to take care of it? It's not real quick. They have to send it out, but well, I mean, like all you do is give a vial of blood, but you have to specifically ask to be tested for toxoplasmosis. Um, Gotcha. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, see, I don't crazy. know if this is what my dad had. He he had something that they think he got from a coyote, though. Um, you can get it from a host of different animals. Like they said, they said 80 percent of black bear specimens okay. that they that they checked had taxoplasmosis in them mm. in that in that article. Um, and, you know, what's crazy is they had these stats. They were they were findable. Why don't they tell us these things? Like, why wouldn't they? Why, why they're like, oh, yeah, hunters don't need to know this. Like, I mean, that's, that's yeah. oh, just, this is how it gets out. It's stuff like this. That's why it's good to do podcasts like this so that people know because there's yeah. a lot of people that eat very rare venison or cook it immediately. I mean, I, I, mean, eat, I eat my venison probably medium rare at the most, at most cooked, you know. Um, yeah, like I didn't know venison at all. Like it was, it was, you know, pan fried, medium, medium rare, maybe. Right. I, I mean, do actually prefer it uh, frozen before I cook it over fresh. It just takes the gaminess out of it a little bit. Sure. Well, I do eat it fresh. I mean, everybody does. You get one, you 
deer camp and stuff like you did. Yeah, you know, deer camp. Oh, yeah. yeah, grab out those inner tenderloins and let's let's uh, let's have a treat. You know, I it, mean, is there? Uh, I keep asking questions that you probably you're just figuring this all stuff out. But like, I wonder if there is a certain amount of time where like after so many days in the freezer, the parasites. Uh, they said they said ten days. Ten days. Okay. If something's been deep frozen for ten days. There, there's, there's, yeah. it kills. I guess that's that's in that article, isn't it? I believe it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of regurgitating a, yeah, a lot. Of that I read right it. There, I read it this like, morning. I um, mean, yeah. This. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was so, I was very relieved when I read it. I mean, I was kind of sad because I was like, oh crap, I have a parasite going insane in my body right now, ruining, you know, my eyes and gosh knows what else, you know. Um, but. At least I know what's going on now because the these things happen and blah 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 and like all these answers that I was getting, uh, they they weren't sitting well with me because I believe there's a reason for everything and you just got to figure it out, you know. And um, I was convinced that me going blind had something to do with how sick I was because I had never in my life been that sick. Like it was crazy, like like a hundred and four point eight fever, and then. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd feel okay. And then by the afternoon I could feel it coming on me and I'd get freezing cold and like I was freezing cold, but I was sweating and I, I had 104.8 fever, you know? And my, my wife was like, you need to go to the ER. You're going to cook your brain. Cause like, I'm one of them guys. It's like, I don't want to go to the doctor. I, I don't want to go to the ER because it's just going to cost me a bunch of money and they're going to send me home. And what did it do? It cost yeah. me a bunch of money and they just sent me home. <laughs> You were wrong. <laughs> no, so. Oh, mm. yeah. That's that's. Uh, uh, I'm sorry that happened to you, man. That's a very frustrating thing, and we. Appreciate yeah, if it was you. my like, left eye, I wouldn't have cared so much. Right. I said, yeah, it had to be your right eye. Of course, yeah, it had to be my it's shooting al- eye. It's almost like a a way of the uh, I don't know the gods to get back at you or something for. <laughs> it's like know. a weird, weird, weird thing. But it, advantage deer this year, but uh, yeah. No deer is safe this year because I'm gonna have to get my confidence up if I see something in front of me. I was gonna I'm say, like, arrow's gonna fly. <laughs> how's uh, how's shooting left handed going? Is that been a big adjustment? Uh, you know, I haven't even I haven't even begun. Yeah, with, uh, I got my bow over to Steve. Thanks a lot again for uh, connecting me. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Um, and uh, he he had it and he he sent me a picture of it last week and I ain't heard from him and I didn't want to sweat him but I'm gonna I'm gonna call him. Uh, Shoot, I might even call. I might text him after I get off of here because I'm itching to get it and and see. Yeah, but I, I hope it's nothing like throwing a football left-handed because I'm going to look terrible out there. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot. I think you'll be fine. I think you'll get it. A lot of guys do it when they get shoulder issues or whatever else. Yeah. They teach themselves. I think it's just otherwise, getting, your, getting your muscles. Otherwise, I'm going to have a crossbow, I guess, until I figure it out. So, yep. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. You know, it's even more ironic. I just picked that darn deer up from the taxidermist last week too. So now, I'd, now I'm just staring at him, going, "You." Yeah. Did you warn the taxidermist about it? Of course, he probably had it. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get into it with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I didn't know if he'd be messing with it enough to like the meat part of it. If he you had know, meat the on thing left about over. it is, is all all these people like you guys, self included. You guys might have this. I mean, it's just you have lower levels of it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> The reason that it hit me so hard is because right after right after I was infected and I was already in like a, you know, like a immune compromised situation, my son brought home hand, foot and mouth and I ended up getting it, which is a very, very infectious uh, thing as well. And I think that I mean, 
I'm just putting all this together. I haven't even talked to an infectious disease doctor yet, but I've, I've already figured out everything else for them. So I'm, I'm just going with what makes sense now because yeah. I literally went blind like the day after, like it was crazy. I found a note in my kid's backpack and it was from two days past. And like, I was like, you know, your son might've been exposed to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I didn't even know what that was. And then mm. I woke up the next day and I was blind. And then I started feeling kind of crappy the next day. And uh, yeah. And then, Jeez, man, that's, <laughs> that's it. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I fantasize about my working right again, but I've, 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 I've pretty much accepted it and I'm just going to move on and, and be positive and just, uh, just learn to do it all over again, I guess. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on being brave enough to come on in front of everybody and, and just like give everybody a warning about what's going on with this. Sure. I mean, like my, my closing things to everybody is, Hey, um, just because, just because you don't, uh, or you don't think anything's wrong with you, um, take the opportunity to to get a toxo uh, blood test. You know, ask for one. Tell your doctor, hey, uh, say whatever you need to to get one. Because Dan, I believe you probably you probably have some levels of it too. Raccoons are really high in it as well. It doesn't mean you're going to go blind necessarily, but you could. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's good to know. You know. Hey Chuck. Yeah, uh, Jeff wanted me to, can you read that comment down there? He says, uh, tell Chuck to look for Fenbendazel. I can't, I can't pronounce it. Fenbendazel? Yeah. What is, said, what is that? I don't know. He said to look oh. into it. He told me to tell you. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, oh, so anyway. one other thing. So I guess this, I guess this parasite never leaves your body. Once it's in your body, it's there forever. Um, it just goes into a dormant state. Um, so you're never, once you know, you can't give blood and you can't be an organ donor. Mm. So, so um, when you're, when you're taking the um, medications, it is not going to ever kill it. No, no. What all you want to do. No, they don't have anything that'll kill it. It's just, I, as, as far as I know, no, I mean, doing any more damage, hopefully kind of thing. Yep. Yep. So. Mm. I mean, your, your body, uh, your body naturally fights it off. And a lot of people, like if they get the infection, their body will naturally fight it off and they don't even know they had it or have it. Um, but, uh, I was just the, one of the lucky people that won the blind lottery with it. Um, the statistics are shockingly low for that to happen, but oh, dang. it happened to me. <laughs> so you and that, you and the guy on the meteor article. <laughs> yeah. So there was like, guys or there were quite sure. a few guys on there actually but yeah. um yeah yeah but and you know what the only reason that guy figured it out is because he was a microbiologist and he didn't leave it alone either he went to five different ophthalmologists and not a single one of them figured it out and then he got then he got that certain one and the guy said oh you his ears perked up he said when he said oh you deer hunt yeah oh you eat venison oh okay i know what's yeah. wrong with you you know so yeah i wish i would have found that doctor right <laughs> yeah yeah, so that's my story. <laughs> well, Chuck, we appreciate it. Like like Dan said, sorry for Huck coming in here. He, he's supposed to be sleeping, but came out of bed. So that's fine. I was hiding from my four year old too. I, I got gotcha. It usually his mom's here, but she's she has volleyball tonight. So uh, um, he's just roaming around the office right now. But that's all right. Great. Everybody knows that I got a he he's part of the little hunting beast family. So he'll be all right. Oh, so, yep. Uh, I hope everything goes well for you. Yeah, hopefully, uh, 
if you find any, any information out and want to share it, just let us know and we can pass it along or have you jump on and tell us about sure, it. I mean, honestly, the, the best, the best information that I found on it is that meat eater article. There's, there's links on there too, that go to studies and whatever, yep. like if you get into it and that was, I mean, that's pretty much where I'm getting everything. Yep. And like my doctors didn't even know this. And it's and linked they, in the description. So, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. All right, Chuck, we'll let you go. I told you to be about 10 minutes and we've had you on here for like 30. No, that's so. fine. That's fine. I, I'm having a great time. I, I, you know, whoever thought to be on your favorite hunting show would be because uh, you went blind. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not the best scenario. Shoot a big buck and we'll have you back on next yeah, time. Yeah, right. What the heck? <laughs> All, right, All right, Chuck. Guys, thanks a lot thanks, for man. having me and everybody Bye. else out there. <clears throat> be careful and uh, yeah, get that test done if you can, just, just so you know. And you can you know, counteracted it before something like this happens. For sure. All right, man. Thanks. Yep. Later. See ya. That would be right. uh, great to have a little bit of a positive side to that and have him come on. Really I know. Left-handed bull. That'd be sweet. It'd be cool if, uh, yeah, shoots one with left-handed bow and guess what? My eyes, my eyes are coming back and, or my eyes coming back and that'd He's be got uh, a pretty positive attitude. I, I mean, um, yeah. You, you know, he was pretty upbeat. Yep. He, uh, yeah. I'm sure he wasn't always, you know, that has to be hard. That had to be yeah, hard. It doesn't sound like to... he even has any real true answers right now. So, no, it sounds like he's the one that's done all the finding for him. You know, I, I don't think people get that really because, um, I know a lot of people that have, you know, gotten all kinds of crap, you know, over the, over my lifetime. And a lot of them, whenever it's something a little bit, you know, different or rare or something. Doctors always struggle finding it. And I think yeah. uh, you got to be an advocate for yourself. A doctor's got a lot of work on his plate and he's going to go with the, uh, what he believes or thinks is obvious. I mean, Carol um, had to go through three or four doctors. None of them would tell her she had Lyme's disease. Um, wouldn't want her to get tests and stuff. Say, ah, that ain't what it is. And by the yeah. time she got tested and found out positive that she had Lyme's disease, I mean, there's a lot of damage done in that time frame when they wouldn't listen. And it was like we had done the research and knew she had Lyme's disease before they would well, even. Well, that, that just seems crazy to me because Lyme's like, that's getting pretty, like a lot of people get that now. Like, it's not something yeah, that. I mean, her first know. doctor said Lyme's disease doesn't exist. It's not even real. What? <laughs> there's no such thing as chronic Lyme's disease that's in people's heads. That's what he said. Wow. That's crazy. Now she's going to specialists, uh, like a place that's all set up for Lyme disease. Yeah. So to, to satisfy, can you still hear me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. I unplugged my headphones thinking I could uh, hear you. Huck wants to, Huck wants to say something to everybody. What's going so, on, Huck? Hey, they can hear you now. Come here. Look. Hey. Hey, <laughs> you gonna tell him? Hey, tell him what you've been doing. How we? What have we been shooting and practicing? Yeah. With your bow. Yes. Shooting your deer with your bow. That's been pretty fun, hasn't it? He's getting good with his long bow, Dan. Good. Good. The rabbits in trouble yet? Oh, we're gonna go squirrel hunting here in a couple weeks, aren't we? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go play somewhere, okay? We're going to finish our show, and then I'll be in there, okay? Yeah. Yep, we're going to finish the show. 
right. Yeah, you better uh, not be like me when I was little. After uh, seeing what we just had on, you better yeah, not right. eat and eat them raw. He's got to cook the squirrels. He's got to kill them with a bowl. Right. No yeah. chasing them down and just munching them. It's it's crazy. I, I didn't want to ask Chuck too many questions because, you know, he he probably doesn't know. You know, it's just like we don't. But uh, you wonder how many like what the what is the actually likelihood of you transmitting it and stuff. You know, all that kind of that thing and it affecting yeah. you in, in a manner that would. Like he said, you can't give blood or anything. So, I mean, you could get it from a blood transfusion. You know? uh, yeah, true. Yeah, because I mean, if you don't know you have it, there's you know, it has to, I have to think that it can't be in as many people as like he was kind of alluding to. You know, I mean, I don't know if you get that from an article or something. Because if you yeah. think about it, he said that his buddy has it too, who got sick. And you know what I mean? And then yeah. uh, the meat eater guy's brother got sick too or you know you know what i mean so i think uh hopefully there's you know it shows itself that it's not rampant in everybody you know yeah i mean you think if it was it'd be a bigger issue than it is but it happens like i said my dad had something and his buddy got something a couple a few years back that was about killed them mm. um i don't i can't remember what it was called i'll have to ask him what it was actually called but that that name didn't sound familiar to me so um let's do some questions dan then we'll sure. get off here um there's a there's a pretty good ones I've, I've read if you guys have any questions oh before we start questions uh on the last show before we went to the uh the show the expo uh mushroom matt was on and he wanted to give away one of his mushroom food plots that he sells. Uh, so I was going to announce the winner of that. And it's a uh, Jason Weagle three, six, two, four is who won that. And I, I commented on Jason's comment. So you guys, uh, if you see that Jason shoot me a email, you'll see the comment there, but congrats, man. And plant you a mushroom food plot. What do you think about mushroom food plots, Dan? It's interesting. It's very interesting. A lot, of people really, a lot of people really liked that episode. They were very interested in that. Mm. Mushrooms. Gary uh, got some from him and planted the food plot today, I guess. I saw he posted that. I so, saw online. Um, I don't know. I, I'd like to do it. I just don't, I don't have the time right now for messing with it the rest of the year. You know, I got hunts coming up and, you know. Yeah, I just got no place to really put one. Right. I could probably find a place to put one, but it'd be interesting to just test it, put cameras on it and stuff like that. Yeah. Just see what happens. yeah. I may grab, grab it next year and mess with it. I just, um, this year's not, not working. I don't have enough days in the, um, before deer seasons to get done what I want to get done. So anyway, congrats, Jason. I hope you get some use out of that mushroom food plot package that Matt's going to send you. Matt, I think was on here tonight. So, um, John, Nine one zero eight three. He asked, "What's your preference target for preseason practice, block or three D, and thoughts and why?" You're more into practice than I am. I just shoot a, a yeah. block or, or something. I, but as a matter of fact, it's kind of an odd question because uh, I just went to the store today and bought a three D target in a bag, and I was going to buy a block, but they didn't have any decent ones. Yeah, I just want to put some targets around the yard and. Start shooting a little bit at them. Start whipping different ranges without having to 
Yeah. Get targets uh, and stuff. I like to shoot a 3D target. Um, you know, I, I always like side in and get everything dialed in on a on a dot or a black or a block target, whatever you want to say. And then after that, I I pretty well use a 3D 3D targets, and um, it helps if you like use a 3D target that you don't have like a background to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you put it if you put like bells of straw or something, and you know, right in behind the 3D target, so it, in case you miss. You know that's a uh, that's all fine and, and good, but it, it does help to let that deer or whatever target you're using kind of um, float out there like a real deer would and, and shoot it. So whatever you got, if you got uh, you know sh- shoot something, I guess is is the the key to it. But if you got a good 3D target, I think that's a the best scenario. The best. Yeah. <laughs> Do you uh, you ever shoot up? high dan like out of a stand or anything do you practice yeah a little bit yeah mm-hmm. so i have I'm a i have a ladder stand make sure you're shooting good that way you have to right. you have to throw some arrows that way it's a different it's definitely a different uh look like up up high if you, mm-hmm. if you don't uh, shoot very much up, up high it's definitely a different different angle different view up there the deer looks smaller um things like that um let's see here boy a lot of people mike likes your shirt that says fully vaccinated by the blood of jesus i remember when you first wore that shirt uh you first wore that shirt it was like in the height of the covid stuff mm-hmm. it was it was really funny it was a really good shirt back then <laughs> yeah. uh, okay um, I should have let uh, Chuck stay on because there's a, a few questions about his disease that me and Dan won't know anything about. Um, let's see here. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you, Dan. You want to talk about your new change of plans come September 1st? Um, going to head to Nebraska. That was so you're going to Nebraska. I'm going to go to Nebraska. We'll see where we end up. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like Eric and yeah, and Rick. Uh, Rick are going to come along too. Yeah. So we're uh, we'll have a whole clan of people there. Probably be in a little bit different areas, different public land at least to spread out a little bit. Um. Oh, here we go. This is something we we're uh, Nolan asked. Uh, would you guys consider doing an episode or two on bear tactics and scouting for bears? Yes, we've been, I've been, Dan's been bugging me about getting uh, a guy on that is just about that subject, actually. So yeah. it may be the next, maybe the next, maybe Tuesday, next Tuesday, maybe we'll do a show about that. Um, that's what it's, it's hard for me because I've never bear hunted, so I don't have a lot of, uh, I can't I can't put you put much input into a show, but it, so it'd be a, a Dan and the guest in uh, show, and I'll, maybe I'll just ask the dumb questions for everybody. But yeah, I actually uh, had a couple different people at the show over the weekend come up to me and say, "Hey, when you get more bear episodes, you bear hunting." Yep. Yep. Oh, we got more uh, infectious disease questions here. <laughs> uh, okay. Ken asked, 
you got a night pick of a buck two years in a row and you're not sure where he beds, how would you hunt him? Hmm. I would figure out where he beds or guess where he beds. Yeah. Look at the direction he's traveling. What time of night is he getting the pictures? There's a lot missing in that question. Yeah. So where's the, the pictures in the middle of, a, you know, across fields and, you know, middle of a farm and it's midnight. I mean, if it's close to dawn or just after dark, he ain't coming from a whole lot of distance. But if it's midnight, he could have came from three miles. Yeah. I think uh, a guy could throw more cameras at the area in the directions he's either coming from or going to. Um, start to try and figure things out. Or you could just do a radius around there and look at bedding. Because really, there ain't all that much good bedding in an area, you know, uh, in a lot of areas. Some areas got more than others. But uh, you can kind of start picking it apart and just moving out from the area that you saw. Because it depends on how small the property you're on is, too. Yep. Yeah, you may not have any of those options. Dan was talking about if it's like a if you're surrounded by private and you just got a 20 acre or something and you, you get him at two in the morning two times a year, you know. Um, well, one good piece of advice, though, is, I mean, if you're getting midnight pictures once or twice a year of a buck, I mean, don't chase something you can't kill. Right. Right. Um Mike asks, Josh, do you ever glass your way in when getting in tight? I use my binoculars an awful lot. Um, I actually killed a buck. Uh, it's probably in like 2017 or 16, something like that. And I was, I glassed him in his bed and snuck up on him and uh, killed him uh, on a piece of public around here. But yeah, sometimes if I if I if I'm real uh, unsure of where bedding is or something, I'll I'll do a little glass a little bit before I go in. It's one of the benefits of always carrying some binoculars with you. Um, usually we have a good idea of where we think a buck's betting at and going from there, but I have had success kind of on accident doing that though, Mike. Have you ever done anything like that, Dan? Like saw a buck at its bed before you and not spooked it, not end up spooking it, you know? Yeah, a couple times. It's not easy. No. They're, they're experts at blending in. Um, one thing that's helped me is like if you know where the bedding is. I mean, I've got some spots in the swamp where you're walking along a ridge and it's narrow to like water and stuff or little islands real close to the um, mainland. Yeah. And from an elevated position, you can actually see the beds if you know where they're at. And uh, back in the day, I used to uh, tie little ribbons over the bed. And you could see the ribbons and look straight down from the ribbon and see the buck. And nobody really noticed those ribbons, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I can remember checking to see if bucks were in beds. And that works many times. Um, I don't remember ever checking and it was a giant. They always end up being little ones. But I've, there's plenty of times when you check the bed from a distance and there's a little one in there. But even yeah. it being a little one is a huge help. If those right. are the beds that you're hunting... And you know where the primary beds are in the bedding area for those winds. And you check those beds with, and there's a little buck in there. That's a win because now you're moving on to the next spot. Right. Right. Let's see here. Josh, the, I saw the interview with Johnny Stewart. I think he'll do a part two sometime. Yeah, we probably will have him on again sometime. That that interview was kind of impromptu. We, he was just in the booth next to us and it was pretty slow. So we, we just hopped on here and asked some questions and, whatnot so yeah johnny's uh 
really a wealth of knowledge. So yeah, we'd have him on here because he's a he's a PA guy too, and a lot of people from PA. What? I, they know your name, buddy. Everybody's telling you hi in the comments. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. What else? Yo, Kirk. He asked, "Do you guys use bug repellent while hunting?" I got asked this question today in a text uh, that someone wanted me to ask here too about how we deal with mosquitoes in early season, Dan. Yeah, it's funny because I was just editing before we got we got on this. Uh huh. And uh, I don't think it's going to make it into the video, but uh, I'm spraying myself down with bug spray and a spray to uh, Eric, and he sprays it in his face like this, and he goes, "This is how Dan sprays it." Ah. Uh. <laughs> beard and stuff i go why would you do that <laughs> the whole time we're scouting he's like my lips are numb <laughs> yeah dude it'll numb your lips right up if you get in your mouth uh, <laughs> oh well. yeah i use bug spray i mean uh, yeah, i use I, it I, every time out matter yeah. of fact using bug spray i was sprayed down really well and just before the show i pulled a tick out of the back of my head really mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. sweat it off a lot at this time of the year that's the problem Yep, keep reapplying. But as far as like the scent stuff, I don't, I don't worry about it. I just play the wind and spray down. It's better than swatting mosquitoes all night. And um, you ever have much luck with those thermocells, Dan? Do you ever use one of those? Yeah, I've used them. They don't work really great. I mean, if it's calm out, they work okay. But if you're thinking right. of breathe, you know, you're still getting bit. Yeah, kind of same experience I've had with them. Um, they're in a pain to carry around. It's so so much easier to just. Whip something else yeah something else that can break too and then you're like well crap now what am i gonna do it runs out of the lighter stuff and sun control freaks freak out over the bug spray smell but thermocells smell too and if deer get down windy they smell you anyway mm -hmm. matter of fact i don't think i personally i don't think bug spray scares deer i think human scent might but i don't think bugs yeah spray yeah, maybe if they associated with humans because they smelt it and had danger happen or something. But well, I mean, look at look at uh, how they they walk right up to vehicles parked in a field that smell like gasoline and oil and stuff, you know, like ATVs and stuff. But they won't walk up to a person. They smell the predator scent on a person. Yeah. Um. Uh, the uh, if it's hot enough that you have to use bug spray, your scent control probably not working anyways. You know, you're probably sweating and everything else. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see here, Doug. We've I don't know if we mentioned it on this show or not. Any updates on Private Ryan? Mm. Private Ryan died. Yeah, I don't know if we ever talked about Private Ryan, but uh, Private Ryan was a an owl in uh, one of my very last videos in scouting that uh, we found. Um, Geez, a mile and a half to two miles back in a dense swamp. And it was the first time we were ever in there. He couldn't fly. So uh, we made a group decision, me, Eric, and uh, Rick, to try and save Private Ryan. That's why we named him Private Ryan. So we, um, the owl seemed real healthy, except for that he was, uh, couldn't fly. Mm -hmm. So... He had really, really long, sharp talons, and he was snapping his beak like a bear snaps his teeth. Uh, if you haven't watched the video, you should. It's kind of cool, and uh, except for the ending, um, which didn't get shown on there because we didn't know at the end of the video. 
But uh, we ended up carrying him out by his wings because that's the only way he wouldn't get us with his talents. And he did almost get me once. He sliced my finger open a little bit, just kind of caught me um, from letting him get just a little bit too close. Um, but we carried him all the way out, which is not an easy task, holding him away from your body, you know, up and out. And we each took turns. And uh, one, one thing that happened that was kind of interesting was my son James was a long rat slayer. Yeah. And uh, when we got to the truck, we had nothing to put him in. So he was pretty concerned about that. And we had a blanket covering the back seat, and he's like, put the blanket over him. And I'm like, you know, just put him in the back seat, and I'll put the blanket over the back seat and almost to the, to the you know, like six inches from the top of the truck. Right. And, I, and I'm like, he'll just lay back there and go to sleep or whatever. Don't worry about him. And he's like, this is sketchy. I'm like, dude, he's just going to calm down because we're not holding them or anything. And we start driving and we don't get 100 yards. And that thing's coming over the top and it's got a talon on James' head. And James is freaking out and stop the truck. So we stopped the truck and uh, had to get a blanket over the top. And then James wouldn't get back in the truck. So uh, Eric got in the truck and held it down in the blanket. And uh, we drove all the way to the... Um, place that saves the owls and um they know carol real well so they said they would uh they would give us an update um and they they have other owls and stuff so everybody was concerned they ran in got the, the owl and stuff and uh, we went home and uh right after the video aired we got the news that uh, they did an x-ray and it had uh an infection in its wing that was very bad and it was septic and uh, they felt that they could save it if they removed the wing which actually was an option because they do have a an owl there that's a permanent resident that can't fly so they wouldn't mind just having another owl around you know um but federal law won't allow them to do a full amputation on an owl there's a law against it mm. so i don't know if that's because the federal government pays the bill or yeah probably they actually have a law that you cannot amputate an owl's wing. Hmm. You cannot amputate part of it, but not a whole thing. I, I don't get the feds. Yeah, but weird. Uh, if somebody wants to, why not? I mean, if you're going to save yeah. it, they're going to kill it anyway. So the law said they had to euthanize it, so they euthanized it. Uh, yeah, it sounds like some kind of government uh, protocol they got to follow because they're getting funds from them. I'm sure it's what it was. The thing is, I mean, uh, they looked at the owl, they had vets look at it and stuff, and they said the owl was, had starved for a couple of days, hadn't drank in anything, and it was in very bad shape, even though it looked good. Yeah. They, they were able to give it water and some food and stuff and, and keep it comfortable until they killed it. Otherwise, it would have just flopped around on that island for another six or eight hours before it died or something killed it, you know? Yeah. So it was probably a better way for it to die, although... It was probably pretty much in terror while we carried it out. Right. All right. Mike asks, do you ever hunt an area because you think there's too much bedding? I can't not say I've ever had. Do what? It said, do you ever not hunt an area because there's too much bedding? Right. Do you ever not hunt an area because there's too much bedding? When you said it, I didn't hear the not. Oh, sorry. I may have not said it. May have not, not said not. May not, maybe not. <laughs> All right. I, I have, I can't say that I've ever like not hunted a place because I thought, golly, there's freaking beds everywhere in here. Like, I, 
but I don't know, maybe at, what about you up there in them swamps and marshes? Uh, I think uh, too much bedding really doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. There's a couple of different ways you can look at too much bedding, I think. One of them is uh, these vast swamps that have beds everywhere. You get in an area with a real high deer population and a swamp, and there will be beds everywhere. And people will tell me, I don't even know where the bucks are. There's just beds everywhere. And they could be bedding anywhere. They could be bedding anywhere in one of a million beds out here. Yeah. But when I look at those areas, I always find that those big bucks are concentrated in the spots where they're supposed to be. The points, the fingers, the edges, the best ones, right? And they leave sign there that they're living there. And if you um, look at all those other beds, that's just the other deer, the small deer, the little deer, the, the insignificance filling the void. Yeah. It can be a beds. It can be a lot of things, but those big bucks during the day will be bedded where they're supposed to, if you know how to read the terrain. Um, the other way to look at it is if the guy meant like when you're going into hunt bedding, you're just kicking deer like crazy because there's such a high population. And uh, in that case, you can't kill the deer if you don't hunt it. So I'll just kick the deer out of there and hunt. Yeah. And uh, you try to do it in a way that you don't spook the deer. One of the things I do is go real early in the day because uh, deer are pretty sound asleep in the middle of the day. They're more like up laying in their beds awake, you know, in the, in the later afternoon. If you're coming out like a couple hours before you're going to hunt. Mm-hmm. But they're like, say, noonish. Maybe they're already, you know, they're pretty zonked out. So, I don't know. There's a few different ways you can look at it. But uh, I wouldn't say I ever didn't hunt because there's too many beds. Right. Well, around here, we just don't have the we don't have the deer numbers for there to be enough beds to make I you think, think that ever be a problem where you're at. No, no. Nolan, he says one more. If you are in western Nebraska, would you take a nice bully if you see one? Yes, I would. <laughs> sure. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I would. I I would for sure shoot a mule deer. Uh, someone was asking about how to contact customer service at beast gear they had some questions or something info at huntingbeast.com uh, at huntingbeastgear.com that should be right on the website if you go on the website there's going to be a thing you can click to email them yeah and that goes directly to mario um also like if you were trying this weekend or something i think Mario was probably pretty busy. He was at the show. so Yeah, he doesn't answer immediately, but to, he gets them, and he'll answer them as he has the time. There's a lot of lot of uh, interactions that go through the email. Matt, he asked, what type of preparation are you keying on now with hunting coming in six weeks? Six weeks? That guy's waiting a long time to hunt. Yeah, true. I'm, uh, I'm really starting to glass a lot. I'm just getting getting eyes on deer now from afar um what about you dan that's that's what i'll probably focus on for the most part i'm trying to do a little glassing i'm um i never got my cameras out i couldn't get most of them to work and then uh i was trying to order new ones and i just yeah so i'm gonna go back to old school i already know the spots where they're gonna be and i have a pretty good educated guess when they're gonna be there but i'd like to see them so I'm going to glass a little bit, and I think it's a little too late to be starting to stick cameras in funny spots, which is okay yeah. with me. Kind of, they have their benefits, but they also have their downfalls. Yeah. 
they can be an annoyance sometimes too, checking pictures and chasing ghosts. But uh, sometimes you're better off not knowing because then you get your timing down correctly instead of depending on a camera. Or about a camera, yeah. But I do have to uh, really get my equipment together and get my stuff together, make sure that everything is in working order. There's no squeaks in my tree stand anywhere. Everything is uh, waxed up. Everything's lube. Bolts are all tight. Check my bows over really well. I have to do a lot of shooting. I just started getting my bows uh, in a routine. I need to get a lot more shooting in. Um, basically, um, equipment is going to be a biggie for me. Yeah. As far as uh, scouting, I think a lot of glassing. Yep. And, uh, and map yeah. check. We'll look over maps of uh, Nebraska and stuff and uh, try to get some starting points going and go from there. Yep. Yeah, I've been tinkering a lot with broadheads and everything else uh, this week, trying to get all that stuff. I was just thinking, I was thinking scouting preparation when Matt asked that question, but uh, I'll of course be doing all that other stuff with the gear and um, a lot of a lot of shooting. So um, let's see. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test out those uh, razor broadheads that uh, you're using. I'm gonna and I'm gonna um, shoot some of the um, G5s. Again, see if I can get uh, some of them shooting straight and yep. uh, try a couple other broadheads. I got some broadheads at the show that's Havocs or whatever, but uh, try a whole bunch mm -hmm. of different stuff and yep. see where that goes. All right. A couple more questions here. Jason asks, what optic brands do you guys like for binoculars? Maven. Yeah, we've been using Maven the last couple of years. We really like those. They make Pretty good stuff, and they got them in any price range you need them in, except for like fifty bucks. You can't buy a set of maybe for fifty bucks, but do they have them in twelve cents? No, not quite. Yeah. Uh, you said any. Sorry, uh, you got to pay a little bit for them, but they got they got different classes, so you can you could you could look at them. Uh, you get yeah, what you I was, pay for. I was using a different brand that's very popular, uh, probably even more popular than Maven in our group. And I, I won't name them, but uh, I had some problems with them. I mean, I started it's fell apart. I, I mean, two pairs, and they busted up on me. Yeah, you know, real fast within a year. Now, um, granted, I'm pretty hard on stuff, but the Mavens are lasting me really well, and I'm beating the hell out of them. So yeah, same. Burrell, he may have the uh, award-winning question for tonight. Will Rick have pork chop sideburns for deer season? Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> you can't get that guy to do anything stupid or funny though. He's always like, "Look at this, buddy, your jokes." Look at this right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't have much hair, but I have a mohawk right now. Right. I don't know if you guys noticed that this is as good as my mohawk gets. I don't got any uh, hair, but you can dare Josh into doing anything. Oh yeah, Huck, uh, Huck, mom, his mom cuts our hair, and he was. The other night, he was like, my, my mom, Maddie was like, what, uh, what kind of haircut do you want? And he's like, I want a mohawk. And she, and, he's, she's, and he's like, I want dad to have one too. And then, of course, I was like, eh, what the heck? All right. Because <laughs> he got a kick out of it. I did it. But uh, he gets up every you morning. like that thing purple when we go to Nebraska deer hunting and video that. He, uh, he gets up every morning and he's like, dad, I like your mohawk. That's what he tells me because I don't have, I always wear a hat regardless, but. I don't, I don't know if I can spike it, Dan. I don't have hair. I'm going bald. It actually makes me look less bald. That's what you could but, do. I mean, 
all kinds of people get mohawks man you should shave the stripe yeah so like a, or then i'd really look bald so re reverse mohawk Careful, it might never grow back uh yeah true uh that could happen all right tommy asks what do you think about neighbors riding horses through the property showing up on camera in hill country you think it affects their bucks no mm. If you're staying on trails and stuff, I don't think it's that much of a problem. What if they're just like they're riding horses through bedding areas? But if they're riding them like at prime time for hunting, I don't know if it could affect it. Yeah, that's what I, I don't think. think they're, they're leaving. I think they're just going to go over to a different bedding area. It's just a matter right. of other spots on the property, or just you know they may just lay back and wait a little later to come out or something. If a horse comes through it, legal you know ride legal light or something. You know, I we uh, there's a. There's a guy that lives uh, down the road from a piece of private I hunt, and the farmer, he, like, helps the farmer and stuff, and the farmer lets him ride his horses on their land, but there's no, like, trails or anything. It's just, like, willy-nilly riding around, and I'll, I'll get them on camera quite often just riding around randomly. So I don't think it's ideal, but, I mean, there's still deer there and bucks there, but. It is kind of weird. I've never seen people ride around randomly. They're on a yeah. trail, you know. They just ride in the fields. It's like ride on the edge of the fields and the woods and stuff. Mm. Um, let's see here. There's a couple more questions coming in. We've we've answered this a long time ago, but it's one of our most popular videos. Do you pee off your tree stand? Into the wind or downwind or the leeward side of the tree? <laughs> Depends on how how strong Never the wind. Never into the wind. Depends how strong the wind's blowing. Uh, I just you, pee you never tree, you never pee out of your tree because that's just wasting good squirrel ammo. Yep. You wait for squirrels. I just pee. I don't like sitting there uncomfortable. I don't carry a. Yeah, I've never really even seen it affect a deer. I've seen deer come over, lick it, smell it, walk through it. I've never seen a deer have a bad reaction to pee, which is curious to me because common sense would tell you that they can tell the difference between a meat eater uh, urine and uh, vegetarian right. urine because I can smell the difference, you know, between fox urine, coyote urine, and, and uh, like deer urine. There's a strong, uh, like uh, almost like a skunky odor to the uh, meat eaters urines and, and the animals yeah. i think deer should be able to smell that but they don't uh, they don't seem to um associate that with people i'd say we we may eat enough other bull crap that we yeah. our, our our urine doesn't smell like a meat eater anymore Here, here's the bottom line smells like mo monsters and right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i don't mind buzz, buzzles and fizzes but uh even if you uh even if you think that deer might get some sort of little smell out of there, maybe one out of a hundred deer spook from it. Even if you think that for how far you can pee from the tree and how you access that tree, I can guarantee you that if the deer smells the peas already smelled you already knows you're there already smelled. Yeah, that's a good scent point. Trail. yeah. So I, there is absolutely no reason not to. Right. Right. Yeah, Slugworth says peeing with the saddle is tough. Don't pee on your boots. Yeah, there's a video about that. Uh, don't pee on your Huck thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I think we said don't wee-wee on your boots or something. Wasn't that don't, the video? Yeah, don't wee-wee on your boots, Dan says. 
Uh, you wee weed on your shoes today, didn't you? Oh, I need oxygen. Yep. I can remember yeah. some show trying to sell funnels and hoses. Oh my gosh, really? Oh yeah, you see the weirdest crap over the years. Uh, well, uh, nobody. We'll we'll end on here because we're about out of questions anyway. But uh, today, hey, just give me a second. I want to tell a story about you. <laughs> today we uh, I came out of the bathroom. He he peed, you know, and he's like, he goes, he goes, he had pee all over his shirt, and I'm like, oh man, and he had actually dropped his shirt, you know, and peed on on the front of it, and. I'm like, oh man, buddy. He goes, yeah, I peed on my shirt. He goes, but I cleaned it up. And I like walked into the bathroom and he just like laid toilet paper down on the floor all over where he'd peed. And I'm like, good job. <laughs> it's the, uh, something like that happens like almost every day with him just making messes and halfway cleaning them up. And then you find them later. At least he told me about it this time. Anyway. All right, Dan, we're out of, uh, the questions and yeah what do you what do you want to tell them say it right there in the mic uh, 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 they can hear you say it gary who's that again gary and dan 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 hey hawk what's going on there hawk <laughs> all right let's get off here buddy you got my thing in your arm all right everybody thanks for hopping on tonight um We'll see you. See you later. See ya. Bye.